Welcome back to the 2AM Book Review Club, where we stay up late talking about books or talk about books that made us stay up late. This week, we're continuing to celebrate the season of love with our romance novel Extravaganza, which I'm beginning to wonder if I should have called our romanticy extravaganza because last week we talked about the very secret society of irregular witches and this week we're talking about the wisteria society of lady scoundrels by india holton i didn't plan it this way i didn't mean to focus on romanticy books it's just a coincidence that i've had a bunch of my romanticy holds come through in the past couple of weeks Obviously, there was the very secret society of irregular witches, and then last week I had both the Wisteria Society of Lady Scoundrels and also a River Enchanted by Rebecca Ross come in. So, both of my options were romanticy. And if you're wondering why I didn't go with a River Enchanted, it's mostly because I didn't end up having much to say about it. This is also true for the other Rebecca Ross book I read last year, Divine Rivals. I really enjoyed that book also, but it didn't come up on the podcast because I didn't have anything to say about it. So that's why we're talking about the Wisteria Society of Lady Scoundrels this week. And I do promise that I will try to bring non-romanticy books into the mix during the remaining two episodes of this mini-series. And now, let's get into our discussion because I am so excited to talk about this book. The Wisteria Society of Lady Scoundrels is one of those books that makes me advocate for going into books completely blind without reading the blurb because it is one of those books where the reading experience is truly, deeply, genuinely enhanced by not knowing what the heck is going on? I saw the cover and the title. I guessed that it was a lighthearted historical romance, and I knew that I would probably enjoy it. So I put it on hold without actually looking into what it was about. And that was a choice that absolutely paid off because within the first 10 pages, I had no idea what was going on, but I also didn't care because I was having a great time. The quote, pull quote on the cover describes this book as delightfully bonkers. And I still think that that's 
probably the best way to sum it up. The Wisteria Society of Lady Scoundrels is indeed delightfully bonkers, and I'm here today to try to persuade you to also partake in this delightfully bonkers reading experience. But while part of me is hoping that you're going to click off this episode immediately and go read the book, I also know that most people require a little more persuasion than that. So let me try to break down for you why I enjoyed this book so much. Let's start with the world building, the fantastical world that the author has created for us. The Wisteria Society of Lady Scoundrels takes place in Victorian England, but it's a version, an alternate version of Victorian England where pirates live in flying houses and cause endless havoc, mostly by stealing from the rich because the poor don't really have anything worth stealing. The titular Wisteria Society is a society of ladies who are pirates, yes, but who also meet over very proper tea parties and fret over the great peril. Not law enforcement, who are completely incompetent, but freckles. Here's our protagonist, Cecilia Bassingthwaite, talking about her education as a young female pirate in training. I received only the basic instruction at home. Reading, writing, horse riding, navigation, weapons handling, piano, harp, the principles of burglary, geography, arithmetic, anatomy, metalwork, confidence trickery, history, battle tactics, dining etiquette. It's all very Kingsman the Secret Service, if you've seen that movie, but obviously with much less gore. There's pickpocketing and assassination and bank robbery and explosions and sword fights, but there's also parasols and gloves and tea and manners. There's ladies and lady pirates and secret agents and villains and henchmen and queens and princes and kings. And it's just a really fun world to immerse yourself in because you never really know what's going on. And part of the reason you never really know what's going on is because, and I really, really love this about the world building, but... From time to time, the author will throw in references to random things like witches and vampires and ghosts, which all exist in this universe. But because there are only passing references to these things, we don't know exactly how they fit into this universe. Even with magic, we know that it can be used to fly houses, but it's never explained why this magic exists, how it works, or what its limitations are. This makes the world feel so 
big and mysterious and adventurous. Like, we can never really know everything about it. Personally, I really love this, and I really love this fantasy historical adjacent world that the author has created. It's fun, it's fresh, it's always surprising, and because it's impossible to take seriously, it really adds to the lighthearted atmosphere that permeates this book. Above all, the Wisteria Society of Lady Scoundrels is a swashbuckling, romantic, hilarious adventure story that will sweep you off your feet, just like Cecilia is swept off her feet by Captain Lightborn. Speaking of Cecilia and Captain Lightborn, let's talk about the characters in this book, because if I'm listing out reasons I love this book, the characters have to be right behind the world building. As I've mentioned, our protagonist is Cecilia, a young lady who has been raised by her formidable pirate aunt, Miss Darlington, and now that she's completed her training, Cecilia is eager to become a full-fledged member of the Wisteria Society. But between her aunt, who is overbearingly solicitous about Cecilia's health, and the society members, who are suspicious of Cecilia's ability to overcome her mysterious past, Cecilia is unsure she'll ever be fully accepted by the people who occasionally try to murder her, sure, but who are also the only real family she's ever known. Over the course of the book, her character arc centers around questions of family and belonging and acceptance, and overall, the true meaning of independence and self-acceptance. Cecilia is one of my favorite protagonists that I've read in a long time, and I think that a large part of that comes down to just how calm and smart and level-headed she is, how she's so sensible and capable and fully in control of any given situation. She also loves books, which is always fun, and I just find her to be a really grounding presence in a book that is often chaotic and occasionally confusing. I also like the other characters in this book as well. The ladies of the Wisteria Society are idiosyncratic and murderously polite and often straight up murderous and just a lot of fun to hang out with, at least in a book. The villain is very woe is me and vaguely sympathetic, but also purely evil. And even the minor characters are quirky and memorable. In a book like this, where the focus is almost purely on the action-packed excitement taking place in a world that is intentionally detached from any kind of recognizable reality, in this kind of book, 
I don't think anyone goes in expecting characters with intricately crafted backstories and complex relationships. The characters in this book are recognizable archetypes who are easy to understand. The minute a character appears on page, you can understand who they are and how they will act and react throughout the rest of their time on page. But it doesn't really matter because we're just here to have a good time. These aren't the deepest characters or the most interesting characters ever, but they're certainly memorable. And I like them, which is about all that you can ask of in a plot-driven light fantasy book. And this is coming from someone who generally only ever reads character-driven books. But... Given that these aren't the deepest characters ever, how does this affect the romance? Remember, this isn't just my obsession with critiquing romances. This is an actual mini-series devoted to talking about romance books. So, talking about the romance is kind of the point. The romance in this book takes place between Cecilia our delicate, fastidiously polite, book-loving pirate protagonist, and Captain Ned Lightborn, our handsome, rakish love interest, who has been hired to assassinate Cecilia. Oh, and he's also working for the villain who is trying to destroy the Wisteria Society and subjugate women everywhere. So... There is that as well. The book actually opens with Ned trying to kill Cecilia in several clever and unpleasant ways as she calmly and single-handedly defeats each attempt. Talk about a meet-cute, am I right? Over the course of the book, Ned and Cecilia fight, banter, bonds, and of course, fall in love as they experience adventures and misadventures involving highway robbery, espionage, explosions, disguises, fine dining, haunted manners, and plenty of books. Ned falls for Cecilia at first sight, while Cecilia is more reluctant as she has no intention of falling in love, especially with someone she knows she can't trust. But overall, this is a low-angst romance between two charming, charismatic characters that happens in the background of the various exciting adventures that make up the plot of this book. Normally, I don't like this kind of romance. I tend to love angsty, slow-burn, drama-heavy romances, but this was such a sweet, bantery, adorable romance that I really couldn't help rooting for our main couple to finally get together, which of course they eventually do. It's the perfect type of romance for the type of story it takes place in, and since it's more of a subplot, I was always excited when I realized that the current chapter was going to progress the romance. Is it the most heartfelt, emotionally resonant romance I've ever read? No, 
but it is certainly the cutest romance I've read in a while, and I will always root for romances featuring level-headed, calm, sensible women, because unfortunately, a lot of women in romance books tend to be a bit, or more than a bit, dramatic for no real reason, and that comes from someone who loves dramatic romances. I actually think a really good comparison for the romance in this book is the romance in The Bodyguard by Catherine Center, which is a celebrity rom-com that I read last year and really, really loved. It's that same type of really cute, really sweet romance, although of course, these are two completely different types of books we're talking about, so the romances are also different, but it just gave me similar vibes. But while the world building is creative, the characters are a lot of fun, and the romance is adorable, the Wisteria Society of Lady Scoundrels is the engaging, immersive book that it is, largely due to the writing style. The writing style is lighthearted, perfect for telling this kind of light fantasy romance adventure, but even beyond being lighthearted, it's humorous because this is a funny book and it's funny largely thanks to the style in which it's written. Let me show you what I mean. In a spoof of 18th and 19th century novels, the author provides detailed subheadings for each chapter describing what happens in that chapter and these subheadings are the easiest way to convey the kind of humor this book loves to employ. Here are the subheadings for chapter one. By the way, these aren't my favorite subheadings, but I figured there would be the least amount of spoilers if I used the chapter one subheadings. So here we go. An unexpected caller, the plight of the awk, semantics, semantics, the level moon, not the level moon. The caller returns. A discussion of cholera. An explosion. Luncheon is served. And of course, beyond the chapter subheadings, the text of the book itself is full of humor as well. Here's one of my favorite passages. You did say I might go to the library, Cecilia had argued gently. I did? Goodness, that doesn't sound like me. Oh, my dear, do stay at home, at least until Pleasance has ascertained there are no evil spirits in our navigation system. The countryside is rife with scurvy. That is caused by fruit deprivation, auntie. Precisely. Do you see any orchards out there? Cecilia could make no sensible reply to this, but her eyes spoke volumes, specifically of anguished poetry in which heroines met a sad end. Taste in humor is even more subjective than taste in romance, so when I say that the humor really worked for me, that's obviously a personal opinion. Like the book itself, the humor is satirical, it's historically inspired, but it's also often very modern. I really like this type of humor because I also really like this type of book, but because the book and its humor 
are so intertwined with and suited to each other, you can't really like one without also liking the other. Something that surprised me about the writing in this book is that rather than simply being funny, the writing is also surprisingly beautiful in places. But because this is, at its core, a lighthearted book, the beautiful, poetic moments are often undercut to create a funny moment. Let me give you an example. It was foolish to wish for beauty, at least in Miss Darlington's opinion. She had a well-cultivated mind, a well-disposed heart, and tinted goggles that kept out the brightness of the sun. Anything else was extravagance. The soft fields and purpling woodland shadows of Devon offered her no more than navigational points. The elegiac light of late afternoon, love-colored and quiet, caressing the wheel-room window, was a hazard that made her squint. When a white swan glided like a tender poem into her path, she considered ramming it, and only the swan's swiftness kept it from being added to Pleasance's soup pot. I also really like this moment. She, Cecilia, took the spyglass from a nearby shelf and held it to her eye. The world was a vast black emptiness, echoing like the mordant spaces between soul-wrought words. Ned leaned across and removed the lens cap, and poetry became science again. I will note that while I did enjoy the humor, not every funny moment worked for me. Again, characteristic of humor. For example, there's a lot of punchlines directed at age and weight, which I almost never enjoy because it feels mean-spirited to me. And there's also a strange subplot involving the age of consent that is supposed to be funny, but which I personally didn't like. Also, for a book that is so determinedly lighthearted, I do feel like people should be aware that the Wisteria Society of Lady Scoundrels does contain some surprisingly heavy themes and moments. Feel free to look up trigger warnings for yourself, but I want to note in particular that domestic violence and abuse are often referenced and form an important part of Cecilia's backstory, so those aren't really topics that you can avoid in this book. Also, also, this is a surprisingly undiverse book. I don't think there are any characters of color that I remember. But maybe that's not so strange, given that Queen Victoria, in many ways, the ultimate colonialist, is a major side character in the story. Even in books I really like and enjoy, there are always going to be elements I don't like, and so I do always try to point those out. Overall, the Wisteria Society of Lady Scoundrels is a really fun, fast-paced, plot-driven book set in an alternate Victorian England with flying houses and pirates. I would recommend this book to people who like Victorian-era novels 
or novels simply set in Victorian England, who like satire and satirical humor, who like light fantasy, who like stories with capable women being good at things, going on adventures, and falling in love along the way. If you like found family, if you like the contrast between propriety and crime, if you like themes of belonging and acceptance and the weight of heritage, then definitely pick up the Wisteria Society of Lady Scoundrels. Before I wrap up, we need to decide whether or not this is a staying up until 2am book. Like I said, this book is fast-paced and plot-driven. It happens in an engaging and immersive and expansive world, and I absolutely devoured it. So yes, for me, this is an official certified staying up until 2am book. And that's going to be everything for this episode. This has been the 2AM Book Review Club. Thanks so much for joining me, and I'll be back next week at 2AM. Until then, have a great week, and happy book travels! (laughs) 